Sorry, We're Booked, a podcast where two friends talk about books they love, books they hate, and everything in between. My name is Samantha. And my name is Dylan. Today, we're going to go way back to when this was a fad that, you know, when BookTube was a thing, because I feel like it's slowly dying. Um, This is a thing that, you know, BookTube did very often. This is a book tag that we're doing today. Uh, and this is the coffee book tag, which is created by Bangity Bangs back in like 2007, I think. So we're throwing it back a little bit today. Uh, but That's first, before we do that, quite a while. Very, very. I'm excited though because you like coffee. I like coffee. Uh, it's 7 p.m., so I'll not be drinking it right now. But I, I do love some coffee. So um, before we go into the tag, we're going to do our usual questions that we do every episode. So Sam. Tell me, what have you read? What have you watched recently? Uh, Surprisingly enough, like now that I'm actually looking at Goodreads, I was like, I finished like a book. No, I actually finished four books. That's actually a little shocking. Of course you would finish four books on accident. (laughs) (laughs) They were all audiobooks, if it makes you feel any better. I mean, still books. Um, Nah, fair enough. Uh, So I finished, let's see. Let's start with what I read most recently. Um, I read, and I got this as a audiobook arc on NetGalley. It's called Don't Look Back by Ben Cheatham, Mm -hmm. Cheatham, something like that. It's supposed to be a haunted house story. All I'm really going to say about this one is that I didn't like it, really. I gave it two stars. It's It begins with, like, something very traumatic that happens to this family, and then, you know, they're, like, struggling with the fallout of this traumatic thing. And they get or they see this ad in the paper about this house and it's like, hey, you can come live in this house for free, but it's like, you know, rumored to be haunted or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love a haunted house story. I'm all about a haunted house story, but it wasn't a haunted house story in your traditional sense. I was bored a lot of the time, to yeah. be honest. And also so, like, it's hard whenever you're expecting a certain kind of book and then it's completely different than what you're expecting. Especially if yes. it's, like, not as, like, exciting as you were expecting it to be. Um, mm-hmm. But speaking of Haunted, you need to read um, Dead Trees Give No Shelter. That's on Hoopla. Oh, should I do? The audiobook. Do. It's only, like, two hours long, I think. And it's, like, a haunted story. It's not, like, a haunted house story, but it's definitely, like, paranormal. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you're, like, feeling kind of slumpy right now. So I feel like a two-hour audiobook would be, like, something really good for you to listen to. That actually is a really good suggestion. So let me file that one away. Um, I'm almost done. I'm not going to talk about that yet. (laughs) (laughs) Almost done with what I'm reading. We'll get to that eventually. That anyway, I didn't really like. Apparently, it's supposed to be the first in a series. I would not continue the series. Um, And I really hate it whenever I read stuff on NetGalley and not I like I don't like it. It makes me sad because I hate I'm going to be honest in the review that I post. I hate absolutely hate actually like writing the review that says "Mm, i didn't really like this so looking forward to writing it's like would you recommend this to a friend no no (laughs) (laughs) i hate it it makes me sad so the other one of the other books that i read was uh the maid by nita prose it's not like the the red book i feel like i've yeah yeah i've seen that i think it was like a book of the month book or something um, it might have been a book of the month. I'm not sure. I didn't get it from book of the month, but I know um, it made the rounds on booktube and bookstagram and stuff. And it is a thriller, but it's not like your typical thriller. So it's about this um, young girl. She works for this swanky ass hotel 
And it is never explicitly stated throughout the book at all. But she's just very, like, she's definitely, she's autistic. Mm. Like, point blank. It's very obvious in the way that she is written that she is autistic. But it's never, like, explicitly stated in the book. Um and so, anyway, she works at this hotel, like, she works as a maid. She takes pride in what she does. Like, she fucking loves her job. And I love that for her. One of the things that the author does is, you know, she writes through, like, the awkward interactions that she has with the people around her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not very good at making personal connections with people. She's not very good at reading facial expressions. You know, those types of things. As an autistic person, that sounds relatable. <laughs> right. Um, it, this was, I like, I can't tell, I, I can't speak on, like, how well the representation was right. written. Um, I hadn't read any reviews before reading it, but I know the way that she was treated by other people was really difficult to read because, like, I'm, I'm reading how she is interacting with other people. And it blew my mind that the other people that she was interacting with, like, did not understand the person that they were interacting with. Like, did not understand that she is autistic. It's extremely obvious. And just, like, the way that they treat her, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. What the actual fuck is wrong with you? It was infuriating. Um, And it was intentionally written to be that way. But anyway, the main plot of the story is that she goes through – she takes pride in her job and she has kind of made friends with like, I say made friends, you know, as well as she can with like some of the higher end clients that, mm-hmm. you know, are frequent guests at the hotel. So she goes into one of said guests and the dude is dead in his bed. And it first it looks like it might have been an intentional overdose. And then, you know, as the investigation continues, looks like it was not. So basically she's framed Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, her trying to figure out what actually happened. And, you know, like, and again, she's framed because of the type of person that she is. And it was just like, I think as a thriller, it was good. Um, I liked the way that it ended. I won't say anything other than that. But I liked the way that it ended. Um, I really liked her as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you rate it? I actually gave it four stars. It, it's Isn't it decently short? Like, it's not like... Chunker, yeah, it's right? not crazy long. Um, I got the audiobook from the library. It has seventy-seven thousand ratings on Goodreads and a three-point-nine average star rating. That um, I've seen it around, but I think the cover just like hasn't really intrigued me, so I just never paid attention to it. Uh, but it sounds really good. Like I think it's something I could really drive with. Um, it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me, for no reason, literally whatsoever. It reminds me of Lock Every Door by Riley Sager. I think just because mm, it has to do with like that one yet. different people. And it's like about, um, it's it's a, like a living quarters type of thing. So it's like kind of like a hotel, I guess. But that's not really good. I might have to like get it from the library or buy it or something. Did you like the audiobook specifically? Yeah, the audiobook was uh, well done. I, you know, I'm also the type of person, I hear a lot of people make complaints about certain audiobooks, but it's very, very rare that I find an audiobook that I can't listen to. It's going to be a bad um, audiobook for me to complain about it. Exactly, exactly. But I thought that this one was well done. Um, I liked the story. I thought it was fun. Again, like, there was at one point that um, I was, like, I was angry like actually angry listening to like the way that she was being treated and like the way that people were interacting with her and it wasn't Mm -hmm. through any fault of her own it was just like how can you a 
neurotypical person not see the person in front of you as neurodiverse? Like, how can you not pick up on that? I just like, it blew my mind. But I know that type of thing happens every day. Yeah, I've seen, I've been on my Goodreads right now and I'm seeing, I've seen like one two star, which you say that this person saying that they are the unpopular opinion, but everyone else Mm -hmm. is like a four or five star. So um, that makes Mm -hmm. me really excited. And uh, I think it's being adapted. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Gabby, who was on our, uh, an episode a few episodes ago, um, Uh she has on her, on her list of, has a movie. So aside from that, I can't remember if I talked about The Resting Place by Camilla Sten in the last episode. I don't think you did, but I've slept a lot since then. (laughs) (laughs) um well i rated it three stars like it was pretty decent um her first book that she wrote or i don't think that's the first book that she wrote um but the first book that i read of hers was the lost village which was pitched as the blair witch meets oh my god i can't remember what the the mashup was but it was it's like a like silent hill meets the Blair Witch Ooh, kind I've of. never seen Silent Hill fun fact I've heard um, it's good it is I enjoyed it because I was also familiar with the game series that the film is oh. based off of under no circumstance should you watch the second Silent Hill film it is absolute trash fucking garbage well, okay? I'm, I'm not it big, is awful I'm not a fan of Blair Witch which is unpopular, I think, but... No, I didn't love it. I appreciate what it did for found footage, like, as a subgenre of horror, but I didn't love it either. The, the last act, when it gets, like, really serious, that's really good, mm-hmm. but, but before that, it's, like, kind of boring, so... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you were saying... Anyway. <laughs> yes, so, um, anyway, I read Lost Village, and I actually hated it. It was one <gasps> of those books that was, like, super fucking hyped, and everybody was like, oh, my God this fucking book and I read it and was like oh my god I'm so fucking disappointed um because it ended up going in a direction that I like the way that they pitched it was not at all what it was mm-hmm. not even in the slightest False and so I was yes I was so disappointed so I actually got this this has not yet been released I don't think um but this I got as an audiobook on NetGalley and this is about a family she is face blind or not a family, but the main character, she's face blind. Like she has to identify people based on like their hair and their scent and the sound mm-hmm. of their voice. Like she can't see faces. Um, and she has a very strained relationship with her grandmother and she goes like she starts therapy and starts separating herself from her grandmother, but they still do like these Sunday meals together. So she's going to the grandmother's house for a Sunday meal and she's going to walk in and someone's walking out. Well, remember she can't see faces. Walks in and grandmama's like dead on the floor. <gasps> She's been murdered. That's cut juicy. to nine months later. I know, right? So cut to nine months later. They're going through the will and come to find out she had like this country house that that she, the granddaughter, didn't know anything about. Her great aunt did because they used to like spend summers and stuff there. And it's told in two different timelines. There's the timeline, like the current timeline. Uh-huh. Of the granddaughter who's at the house with, like, her boyfriend and, you know, everything. And they're going through the house, you know, doing the things that you do whenever people die and you're going through their estates. And then it's going through the timeline of the before of the grandmother when she was younger at the house through the perspective of one of their, like, maids. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to say anything other than that because the way everything comes together, it was actually like pretty entertaining. I think it was a tad too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the way that everything came together was good that you got towards the end and I was like, all right, cool. We're good. And it was 80% in. I'm like, I have another 20%. <laughs> like, like, what's going to happen now? I know. Literally. I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Cause I had already guessed like, you know, like the plot twist or whatever, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like not to say that it's bad because of that, but I just wasn't expecting there to be that much story left. So I do feel like it was drawn out a little bit, but it was decent. I ended up giving it three stars. What was it called? Um, the Resting Place by Camilla okay. Sten. I might have to read that. It sounds kind of interesting. I will say it's actually translated. Um, the author herself is, I believe, from Sweden or Norway, one of those mm-hmm. two. Um, and so I think maybe one of the things that I suffered from with the uh, Lost Village is the translation. Maybe it was the translation that didn't get me, but I liked the translation of this particular one. It was pretty good. Uh, and then the last book that I read and finished was Devil House by John Darnell. Oh, what did you think? I gave it five stars. <gasps> okay. I gave it five stars. And I think that there will be people who definitely disagree with that. So the plot of Devil House is a true crime writer. He has seen mild success from a book that he has previously written about a woman who murdered a couple of boys who broke into her house and she kind of became an urban legend of that area so he had pretty like decent success with that particular book and the subsequent film that was made out of it Um, but a true crime case that happened a couple of miles down the road for some reason didn't see almost any um, media coverage and they never really figured out who did it. So this true crime writer is like, well, I'm going to fucking write about it. And so he actually buys Devil House. Um, and the story is that this, the woman who owned the building and it was like an adult uh, video store, Ooh. but the woman who owned the building was getting ready to sell the building and she was going to it with a potential buyer and they were like brutally murdered with swords Not with the a swords sword. sword. i know i'm like <laughs> with a sword like what <laughs> um and they never figured out who did it but the majority of this book is about his process as a writer and there are moments where he really talks about what true crime is and how we consume it Mm-hmm. And the effect that the writing of these stories and our consumption of these stories have on, you know, the people who are attached to them, not just the victims, but there's this whole section of his successful book, um, one of the boys that was murdered by, quote, the white witch, the mother writes uh, the author a letter, the mother of one of those boys and reading it, it, this is fiction, right. okay? But reading it, it felt real. It reads and so I realistically had to re- that you're, yeah. It really did. And I had to rewind it a few times. And again, it's like, it's the commentary on like the ethics around true crime. And so it ends very abruptly, but the way that it wraps up, I think is appropriate for the subject matter. Um, it's definitely not going to be everyone's cup of tea at by mm. any means. Um, it definitely focuses a lot on like the language that it's written in and the overall like 
atmosphere of it. Um, if you are a fan of reading true crime, I think that this would be a good one to read. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would really like encourage you. It made me look at, like, I always have had sort of a critical lens. It's very, I love true crime, but I also understand, like, I want to consume it ethically. Does that make sense? And that's actually like don't get your head too big but that's like one of my favorite things about you because like you like while it's something that you really enjoy like you still will like take the time and you know consideration to to do it ethically and not um you know not consume it from people who don't care about the story or you Mm -hmm. know because i know like and i'm saying it's like they're terrible people or whatever but like i know there's a lot of people who will just like listen to any true crime podcast that they can find or like mm-hmm. um they'll buy like an unofficial account of of this story and like i really like that you like yep. take the time to actually like consume it ethically for sure don't get me wrong i'll watch discovery id like you know like right. all of those but these people are profiting off of the pain of other people and it's very hard for me to reconcile sometimes and i think that one of the first times that i really truly started to think about this sort of thing was whenever the whole thing with gabby petito was happening Mm -hmm. you know that there were people that were like how can i cash in on this and that was very disgusting to me yeah i think that uh, that was a wake-up call for a lot of people oh for sure absolutely um so it definitely changed the way that i view that and i think that this book kind of like solidified that for me Mm -hmm. Um, and if that's something, if you are a listener of true crime or a consumer of true crime, um, and that's something that you haven't thought about, I would actually encourage you to read this just because I think that it will make you view things just a little bit differently. Um, but it, I thought that it was so fucking good. Um, and it has like pretty mixed reviews in that, like most people say that it's just okay. And then you have people like me that just like, I fucking loved it. And I think um, Stephanie, who's the host of the Books in the Freezer podcast, Mm -hmm. she also really loved it as well. And I think she's the only other person that I've seen that, like, absolutely five-starred it, like, hands down. It reminds me of another Riley Sager book, (laughs) Um, (laughs) Home Before Dark, um, because that one is... I also haven't read that one. I haven't read it either, which, I mean... I never will, but because that one is <laughs> about, I believe, this family who they move into. I'm probably butchering this, which I don't care. Fuck Riley Sager. Um, but this is probably, <laughs> I. Uh, it's about, like, this family who they live in, like, this haunted house. So there's, like, one storyline of that. And it's this girl who has grown up in this haunted house where something tragic happened to her family. And then her dad wrote a book about it. And so the other alternating chapters are the book that, her dad wrote about their trauma and so i think like it talks about like the ethics of that and like how it affected her having her trauma like put out there in the world because it's like a number one like bestseller so like Mm -hmm. it it does really sound similar to that um maybe you can read home before dark and maybe maybe (laughs) you'll like it (laughs) Uh, i don't know man i don't know i have been less than impressed by most of the things that i have read from riley sager so i think i'm probably gonna end up skipping most of that but that is a-okay um but those are really the only things that i read as far as anything that i've watched i yeah um i think what's 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 the update? Um, um, I, I literally have no update for you because literally the only thing that I have watched, I watched one episode of um, Bad Blood. Okay. Well, I know you're busy. And so that's like, it. I have not watched a fucking thing. <laughs> if, if you weren't, if 
you were not busy in your life, I would have been angry. They haven't watched cats listen, yet. But listen, I... because you are busy right now. But the next time you do have time for a movie marathon, I expect it to be cats, the final girls, and a quiet place one and two. So I have them in the queue. Like I am those that's the other reason that I haven't watched anything. <laughs> because I know that's what I have to watch next. But also I like just have not been able to like sit down and and actually like watch a movie. So sorry, nothing, not nothing sorry. To, nothing like uh relaxing after a busy work week with cats. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me. What have uh, you read? Tell me what you've read and what you've watched. So Sam and I were actually like texting back and forth as we do pretty much every day. Uh yeah. and I was like, hey, just so you know, like I have not read one thing, so I will not talk about that as much uh when we record. And then I forgot I read a whole ass book. Um which Yay. that does sound like it would be like a bad book or like mediocre because like I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I finished it um, the 22nd. So it was like, I don't know, like it was a little bit ago, I guess. But um, yeah. I finished They Never Learn by Lane Fargo, which I talked about. Oh, yeah, you were, talked about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is about um, this woman named Scarlett Clark. She's a very um, like exceptional English professor at the university that she um, teaches at. And every year she searches for the worst man on the campus that she's going to kill. Um, she kills men who deserve it for, you know, they got they got away with crimes that, like, they shouldn't have. We love. We fucking love. Yes, it's great. And then, um, so, um, it's about her. She's trying to do the biggest kill that she's done yet. Like, someone mm-hmm. who was, like, super close to her. Like, um, someone that, like it's going to be really hard to complete this basically. Um, Cause she has like mm. this uh, feeling that she's going to get caught soon. So she like, okay, I got to do this for, you know, I got to go down like a clown. Okay. I got to, <laughs> I got to go down with the bang. Okay. And okay. then uh, meanwhile, there's this other story of a Gorman student named Carly and um, it's her senior year, I mean her freshman year, sorry. And she um, has this like emotionally abusive father. And so she's like really excited to be back on the campus um, and be away from her father. Uh, her roommate, Allison, is sexually assaulted at a party. And so it's about her trying to Oof. get revenge for that. So okay. it's these two revenge stories that come together like you would never expect. It's really good. Um, I think it's a book that you would absolutely adore. It's lots of fun. It's pretty short. It's only about like 350 pages. Um, I have the audio book, oh, though. Um, I gave it four stars. And my review said, sapphics, murder, and men dying. So... So that's all you need to know. That's and all you I need. will immediately add it to my list. Thank oh, yeah, you very Scarlet, much. You Scarlet's, have me at sapphic. <laughs> and Scarlet's gay. I forgot to forgot to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had me at sapphic. That's all you needed to say. We're good. She's a killer lesbian. So, I mean, what <laughs> what more could you want, really? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it reminded me um, a lot of... I don't know how to explain it. It kind of reminds me of, like, a slasher film, but also My Dark Vanessa. That's how I would say... Mm, it's okay. like... Not Scream, but that's the only thing I can think of right now. It's like Scream meets My Dark Vanessa, which is like a combination I never would Hmm. think would ever be a thing. The way that you just described that, like I was already intrigued, but now I'm like super intrigued. It's on Scribd, I think. So you'll have to listen to it soon. I have a script. Yeah, I'll go back and read one of the books you did. (laughs) So (laughs) um, and then um, as far as movies, 
I watched Fresh, which is a new Hulu film, um, which mm-hmm. I don't know what the advertising was, so I don't want to say what it's about because I don't know how much was revealed. Um, but this is a five-star movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's feminist as That has the Bastion stand, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's feminist as fuck. Um, there's like a great final girl moment in this movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's kind of weird, though, because the... Um, which is it's known for this, so it's not really a spoiler, but the title card happens like 20 minutes into the movie. So it's like... A, Dang. Definitely a, a different kind of movie, but I really enjoyed it. It's like really like experimental. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching it if you have a weak stomach <laughs> or maybe don't mm. watch it while eating. Don't watch it while eating meat, to be exact. Um, okay. I'm just, just going to put that out there, so... Five out of five. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I got a, uh, two little weird movies here. Um, I watched, or we started last night. We're technically currently watching it. But uh, mm-hmm. I saw this fan edit online that someone did of Scream 4. Where um, basically they, uh, you know how like Scream 4 had that weird hazy look to it? Like had an yep. Instagram filter. So this person basically took that off. And they changed the background music. They changed the um, the opening, and then they like, they recut it, and then they put a lot of the deleted scenes into the movie, and they took out scenes that didn't work. And so I, it's just like this entirely different Scream Four, um, hmm. and the reviews like people are saying like who've watched it that they like it better than the original. So really, um, yeah. So it's available for free online. I don't know how legal it is, but um, I am watching that currently, and it's really fun so far. And then um, lastly, um, <laughs> so I was on YouTube last night with my roommate and, uh, oh, I was, I love Sims. So I was like, I want to see if someone's ever made mm-hmm. a scream house in Sims. And <laughs> someone made the entirety of Scream 1 in Sims, like the movie. Are you serious? Yeah, I am That's, dead I, ass That serious. must have taken so much time. Wow. I'm actually going to send you, um, hold on, let me send you the one of my tweets because I actually tweeted about it. Um, and I want you to hold on. I want you to just look at it. Oh my God. I'm, I'm fucking living. And do you see like Ghostface and, and Casey? Yes. Like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, I don't know how they were allowed to like upload it to YouTube. Cause it has like the complete audio of the original movie. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe just the visuals aren't there. Maybe that's why they're able to, um, but like it's terrible. It definitely is something. I just thought it'd be fun to talk about. It's um, something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they have like the entire movie. I've not finished it yet, but if you're interested, just search like Scream Sims to the full movie or something on YouTube and it's on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to finish it. So uh what are you reading right now? Um, currently I am reading The Marrow Thieves by Sherry Demoline, um, which we've talked about on multiple episodes. Um, but neither of us have read it. <laughs> right. But neither of us have read it until now. Your bitch yeah. is reading it. Um, and so far I'm literally like just over the halfway point and it's been very vague. 
up until this point about what is actually happening. And I think there's a reason for that. I'm like 99% sure that Shuri Demoline is Canadian. She is Canadian um, indigenous. And as you all are aware, and let me not say all of you are aware, because you might not be, but so recently um, there was a lot of talk about the residential school system in Canada, which also does, did exist in the United States as well. Um, And so this book does touch on that, but also it's a dystopian society where, you know, people have lost the ability to dream and the cure for that is found in the marrow of indigenous people's bones. And so they have what they call, um, I believe, recruiters mm-hmm. in the same way that you would have like an army recruiter. Yeah. Because when they're taken, they're like, you're doing a great thing for your country and, you know, like those types of things. So they're called recruiters, but it's not like they're not going of their own free will. Right. It's um, not a happy there's a thing. lot of <laughs> exactly. There is a lot of trauma. It is like extremely intense um to a lot of points. Um but it's also fucking important. So like I said, I'm about halfway through and it's very good, but I'm having to consume it slowly. Because I want to make sure that I am not just breezing through it. I want to make sure that I'm actually, like, comprehending what she is writing about. That I'm, like, understanding mm-hmm. understanding the point. You know what I mean? And I think that's the other reason, like, I've been feeling a little bit slumpy. But also because this isn't something just, like, mindless that I can listen to. Right. Um, I'm also just being very selective about whenever I listen to it. So, but that's the only book that I have going currently. I'm not reading anything else right now. So for me, um, I did start You've Lost a Lot of Blood by Eric LaRocca. Is that how you say it? LaRocca? I'm, I'm literally looking at that book cover on my screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am not very far. I couldn't sleep like one night. And so I... And that's what you decided to read? Girl, it's a novella. <laughs> I know. But like, if you've read his writing at all dylan his shit is fucking intense you know it is but like it's just like so easy to read like it is you're right so like that's the only reason why um i'm not very far at all but i am liking it um and then uh on the flip side of that i'm reading something that's not scary at all um scary how much i love it (laughs) um but (laughs) (laughs) oh my god it's Heartstopper. this is by alice osman um, oh yeah, have you um, heard of? Isn't that be, is that being made into? It's made into uh, it's being made into a Netflix TV show. That's what it is. It's I being knew, a, it's very cute. Yeah, it's being being made into a Netflix show um, in the UK. So I'm not really sure how uh, accessible it will be here in the states. Get you a I, VPN, dog. We should, we need a VPN sponsorship. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Surfshark. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by <laughs> Surfshark. Surfshark, get at me. <laughs> Can we be sued for that? I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> no, we can't. Um, I have actually read this before because uh, it was actually a uh, it was a webcomic. And then Scholastic yes. picked it up for traditional publishing. And um, then it finally came over to as a, as a Kickstarter. And then it finally came over to um, the States. So uh, I've read the first four volumes. I believe the fifth and final volume is coming out sometime this year. Um, but we saw this in Walmart, which is like, I don't, I wouldn't guess to see this in a small town, Midwestern Walmart. But um, I saw it there for like seven bucks and I was like, Snatch. I'm going to grab it. 
Um, it's a very cute graphic novel. Um, the fourth one specifically is one of my favorite graphic novels of all time. Um, it's a great commentary on being queer and also um, being mentally ill. Like, it's just a really mm -hmm. great representation of anxiety and depression. Like, one of the best ones I've seen ever. So, um, hmm. I am very excited to get back into this world. Um, I have a few more graphic novels I'll talk about in my haul section. I have a library haul coming up. Um, but um, yeah, so let's continue to what are you wanting to read and watch next? Well, we all know what I have to watch next, so yeah. I won't mm. talk about that. She doesn't want <laughs> um, to watch it next, but... <laughs> <laughs> but we know I have to. Also, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, um, go listen to our favorite movie update video that we did um, as well as our scream discussion that we that was our last episode uh basically uh sam did not watch a quiet place part two well a quiet place part one too because she's never seen it but um mm -hmm. and i got to choose two movies for her to watch and uh you have to go see the reaction because i think it's pretty funny if you've ever wanted to hear me scream in dismay this is this is where you're gonna hear that but, the uh, amount i had to turn down that audio whenever i was editing. i bet you did <laughs> oh my god i was like well i had to listen to it a few times just like to make sure it was like down enough and like my ears hurt so bad yeah, it was pretty bad. Sorry, it not was, sorry. No, the was... reaction was warranted, okay? Okay, so what I'm going to read next, I have two books on NetGalley, two audiobooks on NetGalley that I'll be picking up next. Um, one is called Passers Through by Peter Rock, which I have not heard of. Uh, so the description of this is a father and his estranged daughter reconnect to try and understand a decades old trauma in this hunting novel, part ghost story, part lyrical exploration of family aging and how we remember the past. Um, the like cover has like antlers and stuff on it, which traditionally every time I see anything having to do with antlers at this point, I think of um, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. Mm -hmm. And this is also like a, a hunting novel. There's much more to the description, but I'm just going to stick with that little blurb. Um, but I'm intrigued. I hadn't heard anybody talking about it um, or seen anything about it. So I just decided to request it and I got approved. And then the other thing is actually a, another audiobook. book. Um, it's a short story collection by uh, it's edited by John Taff. Um, it's called Dark Stars. Um, and it is a tribute to horror's longstanding short fiction legacy featuring 12 terrifying original stories from today's most, most noteworthy authors with a foreword by best-selling author Josh Mallerman oh. and an afterword by Ramsey Campbell. Um, so it's like a homage to the 1980 classic horror anthology Dark Forces. It has Stephen Graham Jones... Caroline Kepnes, Amakatsu, who wrote The Deep and The Hunger, John Langan, who wrote The Fisherman, if you're familiar at all with that, Gemma Files. Like, there's a lot of really good names um, on this table of contents. So I was like, let me just snatch that up. I don't think I have anything. I have a million holds in the library, but nothing's come in yet. So what I you're saying is you'll listen anything. to Dead Trees to Give No Shelter next? Yeah, that. Mm -hmm. That's the other <laughs> thing that I'm probably going to listen to. Like, legit, though, I probably will. Um, but those are really the – I have a million – I literally have, I think, ten holds at the library right now. But a lot of them are, like, way far out. So I'll get there eventually. Um, but that's kind of what's on my radar. What about you? 
so I discovered so okay so I love Etsy well it seems like same it seems like we're getting pretty far from the conversation but I promise we're going we're going to bring her in okay uh, <laughs> okay so I love Etsy and you know I love Spider-Man I mean yes duh uh, I um was looking at Etsy and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a Spider-Man t-shirt because, I mean, why not? Um, who wouldn't want a Spider-Man t-shirt? And right. I saw this one. It was like, uh, looked like a manga. It was like a picture of like a Spider-Man manga. And I'm like, what, what is this? And mm-hmm. turns out it back in the seventies, there was a Spider-Man manga that came out, which I had interesting. no idea. I actually want to do the link so you can look at the shirt, but, um, so I found it um, to read legally online. Uh, so I am <laughs> going to be reading that soon. I've actually started it a little bit. Um, just not really enough to say currently reading. And um, it's actually like pretty interesting so far. And the origin story is different than like the Americanized version, which is good. So. Um, oh, that's cute. Yeah, it was like. I'm like, what the f- I didn't know what that was. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I am reading that soon. And then I'm also wanting to read Fort Aunties in a Wedding. This is uh, the sequel to um, Dial, A for, Dial A for Aunties, which I read, I think, earlier this year and really enjoyed it. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of waiting. I have like four library cards, as you know. So I'm like waiting for yeah. it to come on hold on one of those. So, um, it has a really long hold desk, so we'll just see when I can get to it. But, uh, that is basically just all I'm hoping to read soon. So, hauling books, have you, have you got anything recently? <laughs> I'm smiling because I know. <laughs> um, so I counted, I went through my, my thing over here and I counted and I got through 26. Um, I came home with 26 books. <clears throat> Any highlights? Um, yeah, definitely not going through all of those. I will say that about five or six of them were arcs that Christina gifted me because she's wonderful. Right. Um, and at the time that we recorded in the last one, that was all I had was just the arcs that she had given. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, we went actually into Knoxville. And that's when you and, fucked um, up. <laughs> that's when I fucked up. But no, but listen, <laughs> so what happened was... I just perpetually have two boxes full of books in my trunk that I keep meaning to bring to a used bookstore and just haven't done We've that. all got that box. Right. So having never been to a McKay's before, Christina is like, we're fucking going to McKay's. And I'm like, cool, because she had some stuff to sell back to. Mm-hmm. Well, because I'm literally a million hours from Knoxville, I was like, I, I'm here. I'm going to go ahead and like sell my books while I'm here. And I got a substantial amount in store credit and I needed to use that credit because I'm not, like, I don't live there. You know right. what I mean? So I needed to use that credit and I did and got a shit ton of stuff for like did you end up spending? Did you end up spending any money like out of pocket? I did. I spent a little bit. Um, I think I spent like $10 there and then we went to a Books a Million in Seaverville. Mm-hmm. Um, where 
like I raided through their fucking bargain section. I love a books a million bargain section. You do not it, understand. Yeah, <laughs> I got through. I got a lot of shit from the bargain section and ended up spending another thirty dollars. So like twenty six books for like forty bucks mm-hmm. is not bad at, at all. all. I I so, approve. <laughs> yes. Um. But some of the highlights, I got a couple things that have been on like my Amazon wish list for a million years. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them being There There by Tommy Orange. I couldn't tell you what the plot synopsis is of that one. I just know that it's been on my list to read for a really long time. Um, another one is Good Neighbors by Sarah Langan, mm-hmm. which is a thriller. Um, I think it's a thriller, but it's geared a little bit more towards horror because I see a lot of fellow horror readers reading that one. And so I'm pumped about that. Um, I got Mirrorland by Carol Johnstone or Johnston. I don't know how you say her name. Um, I don't specifically recall what the plot of that one is, but I know it's blurbed by Stephen King, which is really hit or miss. Like, let Mm -hmm. me be clear about that. Very hit or miss. And I also, one of my five-star predictions was The Deep by River Solomon. And Christina gifted me an arc of that. So I have a physical copy. So that's super fucking cool. Um, But those are just some of the highlights. There's a lot of other stuff. Um, Another thing that I have acquired is You've Lost a Lot of Blood by Eric LaRocca. So um, got that one too. And then I also got his... I don't know if it's short stories or if it is a short story, but it's called Fang Dandelion, um, which was like pre uh, things have gotten worse since we last spoke. But yeah, that's pretty much what I mean. I Like I said, I came home with a lot of stuff, but those are just some of the highlights. So tell me about this library hall. Uh, before I do that, I have um, a book that I got also at Walmart. It was for six dollars. Okay. And I don't know if you've heard of this. Uh, but it is Catherine House. This is by Elizabeth Thomas. Oh, I've heard like mixed things about that, but I want to read it. Well, I wasn't going to get it, but then my boyfriend was like, put it in the cart. I just got paid. I was like, and put it in the cart. Yes. I will. <laughs> uh, and I, I know Kayla from Books and Lala specifically, I think she really enjoyed this. And her and I have pretty similar tastes when it comes to like horror and thrillers. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I don't know what it's about, but I think it has to do with like, um, some kind of like elite school, which is all I really need yes. to know. Buzzword. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a favorite trope, which maybe we'll talk about favorite tropes soon. We'll we'll see on that. And a then little, <laughs> little, uh, trope moment, yes. And then um, today I went to the library on my lunch break. I had like a bunch of holds to pick up. I think I had like ten total, which <sighs> not. That's uh, a lot of holds. Yeah, but they are all graphic novels besides one so at least they're not like big books to pick up so um coming out soon is the miss marvel tv show on disney plus um and miss marvel is one of my favorite graphic novel series of all time uh it's so good it's basically about this uh girl i believe she's like a teenager her name is kamala khan i believe she is a a muslim teenage girl and which is a really cool perspective to read from in marvel which is um, for a long time has always been very white focused. So um, I am right. have always really enjoyed it. I just never was able to keep on with the series because I'm bad at keeping up with series and with Same. comic series, um, the bun- like the volumes, they come out like so far between each other, but this run is actually over. So 
I did get uh, the first, I got two through 10 because 10 was, I mean, one was, of course, checked out. But mm-hmm. I got all of those. We reading those soon, and I'm 12 books behind on my Goodreads goal. So this will this oh, will there, help me for sure. There's 12 books right there, yeah. And then um, this book, I kind of I kind of put on hold just because I saw it was at my library. I don't really want to read it. Um, it's Reminders of Him. This is by Colleen Hoover, who is um you know we've we all know colleen hoover she has her haters and her lovers um i'm honestly on the hater side but um i have no opinion because i've never read her work i read some of her work and i really didn't enjoy it but that was also when i was not very aware of the world so um right i i don't know how I'm, how I'm going to feel about this but i feel like it's going to be a really fast read and it's kind of all i'm really looking for right now so this might be my next my next read so we'll see Mm. all right so before we get into the the book tag we got one more question and sam talk about do you have any upcoming books or or movies coming out that you're really excited about um so one of the reasons that this is at the forefront of my mind is number one we were just talking about eric laraca number two he just finally released like the wraparound cover for mm-hmm. this novella, um, it is called We Can Never Leave This Place. Um, and I highly encourage you to look up the art because the art is stunning. Um, I actually did have a opportunity to read this early. Ooh. So I have already read it. Um, Eric uh, reached out directly to me. So I had the opportunity to read uh, The Strange Things We Become Early. And I really, really loved that. And so I was super pumped to have an email in my inbox from them. I will say, if you are not a fan of extreme horror, absolutely do not read this. If you have any um, triggers specifically relating to death of children or infant death, absolutely do not read this, okay? Okay. It is very, very, very intense. Um, But his prose is excellent. Um, It reads very, very quickly. Like, you could probably read it in a sitting. I personally loved it, but I am also not bothered by many things. There are a lot of things in there that could probably bother a good portion of people. So, you know, don't read it and hate it and say, well, Sam told me it was good. I'm telling you to check out trigger warnings before you even remotely decide to pick it up because it is definitely not for everyone. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm looking at it right now. And you are right. The art is stunning. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not really bothered by much either. So I want to go on blind as I do for most of most of their work and uh, i'm really excited so um thank you for letting me know because i had no idea this was coming out so i'm excited for that i believe that's a june release so we have a couple of uh months for that june 24th Um, yes also for those of you if you are fans of laraka's work i believe that the bound up edition of things have gotten worse since we last spoke and i've pretty sure that they're including two new short stories in that um and i'm almost positive it's also a hardcover release is going to be releasing in june or july i want to say don't quote me on that timeline but um if you didn't know you cannot currently get things have gotten worse in print you can only get an ebook yeah you can't currently get that in print and i actually 
don't think that you can get the short story collection, Strange Things We Become, in print either currently. I think that all of that is being redone through different publishers. So that should be releasing in the near future. Um, So keep your eyes open for that. Exciting, exciting. Uh, I have two movies. Uh, One I think I've maybe already mentioned before. It's Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, I've been seeing excellent reviews of that. So... Fun fact, it is actually, is currently the highest rated movie on, on Letterboxd of all time. Are you serious? I am serious. I believe, Dang. I believe Parasite was the number one, but this is, this knocked Parasite out of the park. So it's currently the number one highest rated movie of all time on Letterboxd. And okay. I feel like Letterboxd is pretty cutthroat sometimes. So it is. Uh, that is really exciting. It has a wide release of, I think, this upcoming Friday. So mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Uh, I saw it, like, they were saying it was going to, it came out, like, last Friday or the Friday before. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, not showing anywhere. And I live by, I live an hour from Indianapolis, which is, like, one of the biggest cities in the country. So, like, mm-hmm. you would have thought it would be playing. But anyway, I'm really excited <laughs> for that. I have my tickets to go see it on Thursday. So I'm excited. And then this movie, which I don't know if it's a new release, but I just heard of it. It's called Vicious Fun. I think you might really enjoy this. Um, Mm. It follows Joel, a caustic 1980s film critic for a national horror magazine. So think like um, Bloody Disgusting, which is a pretty popular horror magazine. Um, Mm -hmm. Finds himself. Or like Fangoria. Yes, exactly. Um, He finds himself unwittingly trapped in a self-help group for serial killers okay yeah it's uh i think you have to like rent it it's like on roku channel for rent and also like amazon prime uh so i think you have to rent it but it's called vicious fun so i i'm excited it does look like a lot of fun so um i'm hoping to watch it pretty uh, soon interesting yeah i i know you love the whole serial killer thing so i think it might be something that you enjoy So now that we have gone through our normal questions, let's get started on this book tag. So this is eight questions. I figure we'll just kind of go back and forth. And I'm not like, yes, we're going to be talking about books, but I will be commentating on the coffee on each of these questions. Oh, same. Well. I got opinions. <laughs> yes, opinions. <laughs> as I usually do. We love it. <laughs> yes. Um. So I'll start us off. So the first question is black coffee, which full disclosure. I hate black coffee. It's you way too You are bitter. from hell. If you, <laughs> if you enjoy that, you are from the I deep agree. trenches of hell. I don't want to mess with you. I, I just, I can't with black coffee. It's way too bitter for How me. How do you but, take your coffee before we get into um, it? My normal coffee, if I am making coffee at home, is like just whatever blend of coffee I happen to buy, which a lot of times is Starbucks or I also get um the flavored versions of bones coffee which is a online retailer mm-hmm. um and just whatever like international delight coffee creamer i happen and it's like i'm trying to think of like the color it does it can't be too light but it also can't be too dark like i right. have to definitely be able to taste the creamer but i don't want it to be just cream you know do you do you drink it hot or do, or do you put ice in it i Okay, so the only time I really enjoy hot coffee is if I'm making it at home and it's when I first wake up. Right. Any other time I'm drinking coffee, it's iced coffee. Are you – so whenever you get coffee from other places, are you a 
like a McDonald's girl? Are you like a Starbucks girl or like a Dunkin'? Um, or like a Starbucks, mm-hmm. it, it, whatever is accessible, but Starbucks is usually going to be my go-to versus Dunkin'. But every once in a while, I just like, there's one particular drink that I get from Dunkin' and it tastes a little bit like chocolate milk and I like that. So mm-hmm. for, <laughs> that's just kind of what I want. So uh, for me, I don't really drink it too much at home because I just hate the taste of coffee and it does not taste as good <sighs> as if like someone was making it for you. And, like, mm-hmm. my boyfriend making it for me is not the same thing as a barista. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I love an iced coffee. I don't want to taste anything like coffee. I do love an iced chai with a shot of espresso. I do like that. Uh, Never had chai. Two. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's it's a life-changing girl. You have to. Oh, One it's day so I good. Uh, we actually had two Dunkins open in my town recently. So I've been going there because it's cheaper than Starbucks. Although yes, it, it is. Although it is extremely mid, in my opinion, which, I mean, the prices uh-huh. are also a lot cheaper. Um, fun story, then we'll get right back into the tag. I'm sorry, this is coffee-related. So I used to work about an hour away from where I live now, and so I would stop by this gas station, like the Circle K, every morning for coffee. And I started getting this coffee. I was like, this tastes a lot like chocolate milk. I was like, this is really good. And I got it for like two weeks straight. Um, <laughs> I'm scared. Um, y'all are gonna bully me for this, but I know you're never gonna let this go. Uh, it turns out I was drinking straight creamer. <laughs> no, you were not <laughs> for two weeks, five for two days. weeks, and you were like, "Why am I so tired? Girl, my stomach hurts so bad." And my, oh my god, I bet it did. And my acne. Oh my. God, I have not had worse skin. And that's why, like, I was like, maybe it's, like, this is the one thing that I've, you know, been putting my body new recently. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what is up with this? And then I looked, and it was, like, a chocolate creamer. That was... Bless your heart. But it, it was, okay, it was in the same vest- vessel as the coffee was. It was not labeled or anything. Mm-hmm. And I asked someone one day, she was like, baby, that's creamer. And I was like... No, that's so bad. Anyway, uh, black coffee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So, Dylan, name a series that is tough to get into but has hardcore fans. Uh, I couldn't really think of a specific one for this, but I will say basically any Marvel comic series because they go back so far uh, yeah. or any fantasy series ever because I can never get into fantasy um maybe game of thrones i'm sure that's hard to get into (laughs) yeah fantasy series are definitely um difficult to get into for this one the first thing that came to my brain was um the dark tower series by stephen king Mm -hmm. um full disclosure the dark tower series is very problematic in a lot of ways and a lot of that has to do with whenever it was published um the very first book which is the gunslinger um which is the uh, it's been adapted to film um, with Idris Elba, who was a wonderful Roland, but the film itself was extremely disappointing mm-hmm. because they tried to do too much with it. Um, I've and heard didn't pretty give bad you, things. Like, any, yeah, they didn't give you any context, and then it ended up being like the white savior, which is, you know, like Jake Chambers, mm-hmm. which is not at all what that uh, book or what the series, you know, was like about. But um, that is by far 
the weakest book in the series. The the very first book is the weakest book in the series. Um, and it's definitely hard to get through. Um, there's a pretty big jump of space in between when the gunslinger was written and whenever um drawing of the three was written drawing of the three which is the second book in the series is one of my favorite books in the series but again like full disclosure um as we all know mr king his early writing is very problematic in a lot of different ways especially whenever we talk about racism and this is no exception so um while there are a lot of merits to that series as a fantasy series as a whole there are also a lot of very problematic things about it and we can enjoy things that are problematic as long as we're transparent about the fact that there are problems with it so while yes, that is one of my favorite fantasy series of all times, I ain't no dummy and I'm not fixing to say that it's a perfect series because it's not. Um, but like Wizard and Glass, which is one of the like middle books in the series, is hands down one of like my favorite books that he's written ever. Um, but if you – I hear this all the time, people – Dark Tower fans are diehard, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely diehard. And I see people all the time that are like, I really wanted to like the Dark Tower series, and then I read The Gunslinger, and I hated it. And I just urge people always to push through. To push through Gunslinger, get to Drawing of the Three, and it gets so much better from there. But I also always warn people about Drawing of the Three because you have, like, the center character is Roland. He is the Gunslinger. And in Drawing of the Three, you meet like his group of people that he's traveling with, which mm-hmm. is Eddie Dean, um, the Odetta Walker, who, you know, becomes Susanna later on in the book. Um, and Odetta is a black woman and it is so offensive. Mm-hmm. It is so uncomfortable to read. The book was published in like 79. Right. I think. So, again, it's a product of his time. That's not at all an excuse, but... King's definitely problematic in the first place, so, like, let alone King in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, he's definitely come a long way. I will say that. Um, he's come a long way in the way that he writes and his ideology. He's an old white man, and I give him all the credit in the world for trying, but mm-hmm. he definitely steps in it a lot. Um, yeah. You know, and I will... I'm not one of those... Like, I've read probably 70 to 80% of his books. Um, I consume a lot of his writing. And, uh, again, I say, while he is one of my favorite writers, I ain't no dummy. And, right. <laughs> you know, we definitely um, can call out the problems that that he has. I'm not one of those people that thinks that he can do no wrong. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, so what's number two? Number two is peppermint mocha, which is disgusting. I hate peppermint mocha. Don't oh my god! You. Please get out, get out, <laughs> get out, get out! Ugh. It's one of my favorite holiday drinks. A peppermint white mocha is fucking delicious. That's okay? my least favorite drink from Starbucks. <laughs> the white mocha or the mocha in particular? The white mocha I like. Peppermint. Okay. White mocha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. See, but that's the thing, though. I think the way that they make it, I always have them put less peppermint in it than they, um, like, than it comes mm-hmm. with standard. Because I think, like, if you get a venti, it's, like, three or four pumps of peppermint, and I always get half. Right. Maybe because I'll try that. I, like, yeah. Once it comes Which, back, of course. Speaking of, if you like white mochas, okay, next time you want to spend a stupid amount of money on coffee, 
<laughs> I mean, going to Starbucks, a, so. <laughs> right, right. So next time you want to spend a stupid amount of money on coffee, get a venti iced white mocha, non-fat, no whip with one pump of raspberry syrup. Oh. It is delicious. Okay. Okay. Like the that. raspberry just like gives a little something. And then also if you, if you get quads at all, like, cause sometimes, you know, you just need that extra shot. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever get a quad, if you get that extra pump of raspberry, it kind of like cuts that bitterness a little bit. Oh, I'll so, have to try that. Highly recommend. But anyways. So <laughs> this question is, uh, name a book that gets more popular during the winter or a festive time of year for me. Uh, I didn't really know what to make of this question. Um, I didn't really know if I should do one that like I like or one that I've read or one that's just like on the top of my head. So I just All did of the, the above. I just did one that I just thought of immediately, um, which is My True Love Gave to Me, edited by Stephanie Perkins, which is an absolute mm-hmm. throwback. Like this is back in the day. This was like a pretty popular release. Um, it's like a YA um, collection of short stories by like a bunch of different authors. Um, mm-hmm. And it's basically just like christmas short stories um right. and also fangirl by rainbow rowell who let's make it clear i do not support rainbow rowell necessarily um but um whenever i was a rainbow rowell stan back in the day i did read fangirl every fall so that is a book that reminds me of fall for sure okay um imagine this we're gonna go the horror route Okay, of course we are. (laughs) (laughs) Is anyone surprised? Um, So that would be, there's, I've read a lot of winter horror books. And for those of you, if for some reason you're wanting more of the winter vibes, even though we're like in the full swing of spring, we do have an entire episode where we talk about nothing but winter themed books. Is it episode four, I believe? I believe it is episode four. Yes. Yes. You'll listen. Um, so give that a listen, but, um, festive taking place in the winter, but also holiday. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is Nosferatu by Joe Hill. Yes. Um, cause that takes place in a plant place called Christmas land, but it's not very Christmassy at all. Um, yeah, not at all. Um, uh, the other thing that always makes me think of winter horror is you know excuse me joe hill that hill bitch yeah that hill bitch we yeah. so as Respect we so lovingly name. refer to <laughs> <laughs> um a book by his father that automatically comes to mind um is the shining is it is i wonder if i can give a stephen king answer for everything on this list that would be iconic i mean that would be so on brand for you it really would. I'm going to see if I can do it. I'm going to give like my original answer, but then I'm also going to like see if I can get. Okay. So the one for that is um, uh, The Shining for sure. Let's see if let's see if I can change the question as much as possible because that's what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nosferatu, is that? Um, wait, is that what it's called? That's Nosferatu, ad- yeah. Yeah. Is that, a, is that adopted? at all or no? yes it is um okay. it's a television series that has uh, zachary quinto in it is it good um i only think i watched like the first couple of episodes i didn't actually like watch the whole thing it's on shutter um if you have shutter mm-hmm. uh i just haven't watched it i don't know why i will have to read the book because i'm actually kind of interested in it so 
it's it's long i'll give it that um kate mulgrew does the audiobook though and the audiobook is well done so i do recommend it okay i'll have to look into it i also loved um the he wrote the fireman right yes Mm -hmm. yeah and that's pretty long too and i really did enjoy that so maybe maybe i'll have to pick that one up so number three uh which is hot chocolate or creamer (laughs) hot chocolate (laughs) Which I do like a good hot chocolate. I like Bailey's in hot chocolate. That's like one of my favorite things. I have never tried Bailey's in hot chocolate, but that does sound incredible. I would get so drunk. I just know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I am not a huge hot chocolate fan. I don't know about like, I just, I don't love a hot drink that much. So like, Mm -hmm. I mean, if I want to drink cold hot chocolate, I'm just going to drink chocolate milk. (laughs) Like that's really just what it is. Um, exactly. I'm, I'm not a big fan of hot chocolate, but Duncan does have a frozen hot chocolate, which is decent. Mm. So if you ever, if so, if you ever want to have a hot chocolate moment, but not hot, you should try that. So that said, um, what's your favorite children's book? I struggled with this one because I, even when I was a child, I didn't really read them. I guess you could say like the most age appropriate books. Um, I kind of started off on YA. So when I think of my childhood and I think of that era of my life, I think of like the dystopian craze whenever I first got into reading like The Hunger Games, Divergent, um, mm-hmm. the program, like all these like at the time really popular YA dystopian books um, and like Vampire Academy, like all of the like some of my favorite books still to this day. Um, that's really what I think of when I think of children's books. So that's probably my answer. Um, it's divergent. It's like one of the first ones, I guess, and Hunger Games for sure. Okay. So the proper answer for me, <laughs> the non-Stephen King answer is um, this is actually a series and it's the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. Um, I have, I read that series probably once a year. Um, I don't think that I read it last year for some reason, but um, I read my copy of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe until it actually fell apart. I remember watching the movie in church. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, and it, it, that's another reason that it's really funny to me that I love that series as much as I do because it's just one giant allegory for God and I am the, probably the <laughs> least religious person right. that you'll ever meet. Like, I'm just, I don't, I'm not even going to con- start We're not gonna get that, into that conversation. <laughs> But I'm like, I'm not a religious person. And so it's funny to me that one of my favorite series of all times is, you know, a giant religious allegory. But I think that there's a lot more to be found in those stories than mm-hmm. just like, you know, the the religious aspect of it. And so I really love it. Um, and again, I read through the series probably at least once a year. I've probably read that series 15 times or more. I read the and first specifically, book. Yeah. Yeah. Speci- well, question do you consider oh, Lion, yeah. the Witch, and the Wardrobe as the first book or The Magician's Nephew? I bl- I'm pretty sure I read it or I tried to read the series as in like The Wide Witch, The w- Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe as the first book. Yeah, that's technically the second in the series, technically. Yeah, true. That always like, I, I read it as a kid too. I, I thought like, it was the first ugh. one for the longest until I figured out that it was actually The Magician's Nephew, which makes sense because like you get the beginning of Narnia like in in The Magician's Nephew. Like you you see like the creation of it. And so you kind of, it makes more sense. You've kind of got me wanting to read the series because I just it's think so it's really easy fun. to read. I'm pretty sure that most of like even the audiobooks are 
I want to say that the audiobooks are on, they're either in Libby or on, um, what you call it? Hoopla, Hoopla. one of the two. And okay. their audiobooks are like four hours a piece. So it's like two hours per book. I, I really enjoy the movies. I mean, mm-hmm. not the third one as much, obviously, because like, who does? But I'm, I did really <laughs> enjoy the first two movies for fantasy, which is not my thing. So mm-hmm. I think I might have to try to read those soon. I, I, I don't know. It's just, again, it's a nostalgia thing for me. I love it. And then my Stephen King answer is, believe it or not, Stephen King has actually written a children's book. Yeah. I love the face that you just made. It's called Charlie the Choo Choo. Charlie the the Choo Choo was published under a pseudonym of Beryl Evans, which is a, I'm getting all kinds of like nerdy shit. If there are any Dark Tower fans that listen to this podcast, like shout out because you'll know what I'm talking about. But the Dark Tower universe deals a lot with, so first of all, I don't, I'm sure that you're aware of this. There is, like, the Stephen King multiverse, right? Oh, yeah. So a lot of his books, like, reference different books, like, that he has written. The Dark Tower, like, threads through a lot of that work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually read a tweet that he made. Um about like here's a good example of like when we talk about the multiverse i actually read a tweet where somebody was like um or some outlet had said like who's the worst villain like randall flag or um pennywise the clown right and uh stephen king quote tweeted it and hit was like you act like they're not the same person and i was like oh because again like that that leads into the whole um multiple universes and and that sort of thing but anyway um he did write a children's book under the pseudonym of Beryl Evans which uh Charlie the Choo Choo is a character a character um sort of in the same well it's a book that exists within the dark tower universe based on Blaine the Mono from book three, The Wastelands. So there's that's a fun just fact. his genius. I know, right? I had to think about it. I was like, a children's book. What the fuck? He hasn't written a children's book. And then I'm like, bitch, yes, he did. Wait, Boom. He has. <laughs> yes. Okay. So number four. Uh, so number four is a double shot of espresso, which I get in my drinks very often because i always get an extra shot all the time it's not worth the money if you don't get an extra shot in my opinion you're right though uh so the, for this one it is uh to name a book that kept you on edge of your seat from start to finish uh for me this is uh maybe not one that you would think of for this first uh but it's my dark vanessa which for this book i mean it was my favorite book of last year so obviously i did really enjoy it but i listened to the audiobook and i I just like looked forward to the audiobook every time that I mm-hmm. like went to go read it. And it's just like such a hard story, but also like such an, I don't want to say easy story to get through because like it's definitely has its hardships, but it's so well written and just like it's readable. It's very readable. So I, Mardark Vanessa is definitely one that um, I flew through. What about you? Um, so I'm going to go with another series, weirdly enough. Like, apparently this is, like, the tag of series for me mm-hmm. because, um, I read the Pines trilogy, Wayward Pines trilogy yes. by Blake Crouch. 
and I like got the audiobook on Audible for the first one, which is Pines, like as like a daily deal or something. It was like two bucks. Mm-hmm. And I flew through it, fucking loved it, and had to get the next two in the series. I read them all in two days. And I could Dang. not put them down. I loved them. Um, two of the things that I got from McKay's were the first two books in the series because I wanted physical copies of them mm-hmm. because I loved them so much. Um, but it's like a sci-fi. Um, it's science fiction, but it's like accessible science fiction. It's not too sciencey. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, I know that it was adapted into a TV series, and I watched the first episode and was like, "No, fuck this! This I've is not, not who I fi- pictured." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely love that series so much, and I could not put it down. Could not put it down. What about for Stephen King? Um, let's see. So let's go on the roll. Thing, the Outsider. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, that would that does yep. make sense. Yeah. The Outsider was one of those, especially as you got like towards the end of it. There was a moment where like I, I was listening to an audiobook. Imagine that. Um, I was listening to the audiobook <laughs> and I actually like gasped out loud when like this thing happened. Like, and there's a moment in The Outsider specifically that is written and it is so like there's this whole scene. This is in the synopsis, so none of this is a spoiler. Mm-hmm. The beginning is a like he's like a little league coach or he's a teacher. One of the two, I can't remember, but he's like very well respected and well loved within the community. And he's accused of this really terrible crime against a child. And so he's arrested and, you know, like he's being carted from like the, the jail to a press conference or something along those lines. He's been going some, he's going somewhere. And there is this sequence of events that happens. And I won't talk specifically because then it does get spoilery, but the sequence of events and it was so intense and I could see it happening in my mind's eye like it was a movie and just like I was so uncomfortable reading it Mm -hmm. but in the best way you know what I mean like I just like my heart was in my throat the whole time because it's something that you could see happening like that that could happen you know what I mean Mm -hmm. does that make sense oh so good so good that's one of his best releases like his that's one of his best recent releases but in order to read the outsider you do have to read the bill hodges trilogy i'm just saying bill hodges is a huge spoiler bill hodges is mr mercedes yeah he like runs the car through the crowd right yes Mm -hmm. yeah i've not that was another sequence listen that was another sequence that just like fucked me all the way up Mm -hmm. so uh number five is starbucks which we've we've touched on starbucks I think their coffee is overpriced for what it is, but I still do enjoy their drinks. Same. I didn't think it's better than uh, Dunkin' by a huge margin, but I go to Dunkin' because it's a lot cheaper. So so Starbucks, uh, name a book that you see everywhere. Um, so for this one, anything Sarah J. Mass. What is her newest release? Something, something Crescent City, something, something, of, something House of, uh, House of, of I don't fucking know. Something a of, 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 a of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, essentially, yes, but I know it's like a fucking 1,000 page book, and I'm just like, I could not be bothered. Um, yeah, I've been seeing that shit everywhere. Anything Sarah J. Masser, I would even argue, like Cassandra Clare, like their shit mm. is fucking everywhere. And then my Stephen King answer for that is 
a book that you see everywhere, probably The Shining, I would say. The Shining and Pet Cemetery are probably the two that I see the most often. I'm sure also because of the movies that they automatically yeah. just have that push. I mean, especially The Shining. I know the newest Pet Cemetery film wasn't really highly appraised. Um, and I know it didn't really make as much money as like his other movies have. Um, but I'm sure obviously the shining is huge. So I can definitely see like why that one is everywhere. Uh, for me, I decided to pick a book I'm seeing everywhere that I'm really excited to read. So okay, this one for me, it's um, Ace of Spades. Have you heard of this book? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's like a YA thriller, I believe. It's um, people have said it's like Gossip Girl meets like a murder mystery, I think. Um, it, uh, it says it delves deep into the heart of institutionalized racism from an exceptional new YA voice. And I've, I followed the author. Um, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the author's name and I cannot find it actually a pronunciation online anywhere. So I have heard a lot of good things about this book. Very highly appraised. It has like a 4.29. So almost like a full five star on Goodreads. Um, with oh, wow. 38,743 ratings. So it's pretty popular, I feel like. And I have I think ever since the release, I've seen it everywhere. And I just haven't gotten to it because it's about 500 pages long, which is a lot for me, especially for a YA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was on my rest of my uh, 2021 20, TBR. And of course, I <laughs> didn't do it. So uh, Ace of Spades is something that I'm definitely... Um, wanting to read pretty soon so next up is number six it is that hipster coffee shop give a book by an indie author a shout out uh i we have one coffee shop in my town that's like an indie coffee shop and they hate gay people so (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) yeah so i um do not support them as much as i do want to support a small business so that's why i take Mm -hmm. my business to to duncan uh i this is embarrassing. I haven't really read a ton of indie authors. Uh, specifically, the last few years, I've been kind of focusing on my physical TBR that like I've owned for a while. So like I haven't really been buying a ton of new books. I, I like I buy them if I see them at, like Walmart for cheap or something. But um, the really the closest thing, the closest person I could think of was Kirsten Modulin, who we've talked about many times before. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's indie or maybe she's just is like small published, um, but I feel like she might be indie. If she's not part of the big five, then she's indie. And she is not. So she is indie. Yep. Um, I, I've talked about her before, but she wrote the arrangement and the amendment and they're kind of terrible books. <laughs> <laughs> not really. terrible, but like super fucking entertaining. Yeah, they're really good. And then she also wrote The Missing and like a few other books that are really entertaining. So uh, Kirsten Modulin for me. What about you? Um, So Hipster Coffee Shop. First of all, there's one in this based out of Augusta, Georgia. Um, it is called The New Moon Cafe. Mm-hmm. And they have a couple of like locations um, in the surrounding area um but they also have like their own coffee roastery and stuff and they do like breakfast and uh, like 
lunch stuff and it's very it's very hipster and like they have local artists on the walls and the one in augusta is next door to the indie bookstore there which Mm -hmm. is called the book tavern and so like you can literally like walk from the coffee shop into the bookstore and it's a badass and i love it i know right so i read a lot of indie horror Um, yes i know that i've talked extensively i mean mm-hmm. we've talked about indie horror this episode and talking about eric laraca because all of that is indie oh eric um, yeah i think yeah i think i just had a misunderstanding of or maybe i was uh thinking too much about indie authors mm-hmm. like the definition because i mm-hmm. love eric's work of what i read so far and that's definitely indie so i guess i have yes. it more indie than i thought um but i think I would say that a lot of people read, um, you know, majority of like big five publishers and stuff. But and then also you have like publishing houses that aren't necessarily like you don't think of them as being part of the big five, but they're subsidiaries of the big five. So, you know, there's there's that. But um, I've got books that I can think of off the top of my head um, that are indie published. Obviously, we talked about Eric LaRocca, um, Queen of Teeth by Haley Piper, mm-hmm. which is a cosmic horror vagina dentata story. Uh, I right. know, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Haley Piper is also trans, FYI. Okay. Um, yes. And I absolutely love her. Like, her social media presence also is just everything. Um Coyote Songs by Gabino Iglesias is another mm-hmm. one. Um Oh, my Jesus. I have so many indie authors. Anya Alborn is indie author. Oh. She's one of my favorite you, authors. Yes. You're right. I mean, I haven't read a full one of Anya's books yet, but <laughs> <laughs> I've started one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I, indie horror is a is something that is near and dear to my heart, um, especially because the horror genre I think in general, especially in terms of like, you know, big publishing houses is not recognized all that well when we think of like horror in big genre or big publishers. You know, we think of your Stephen King's and, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Dean Koontz, et cetera. But there's the indie horror scene right now is popping, y'all. It is popping. There's so much good shit out there. And it's coming, the, what is coming up right now is so much more diverse than we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I am fucking here for it. The representation is phenomenal. I feel like for the most part, obviously, like, this might be um, a narrow lens, but I feel like the, uh, when I see the horror community, which I'm not fully into the horror community as much as you are, of course, um, Mm -hmm. because I read more more thrillers and, like, contemporary, but um, I feel like whenever I do see horror books talked about these days from my peers, it's like, most of it is indie. So I feel like it's definitely Mm -hmm. being pushed more and, um, like, I haven't really seen a ton of mainstream horror talked about recently. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really exciting. It, well, I mean, for whatever reason, publishers think that horror doesn't sell, which is, like, absolutely 100% false. But, you know, like, whatever. Uh, you can be wrong. You're entitled to be wrong. Right. Um, but if you're seeing, especially, like, diverse indie horror, if you're seeing that being pushed, then you're absolutely following the right people. Um, and I can't really shout out an indie author in, 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 for Stephen King. I was so going to say, how are you going to make that, that a Stephen one, King? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Well, 
Okay, does he have... Oh my God, yes, I can. Yes, the fuck I can. Do you want to know how I can do that? Because he was just part of a climate change anthology that has a bunch of indie authors in it. And the foreword was by Sadie Hartman, who is the creator of the Nightworms subscription box. I'm one of the creators Mm -hmm. um, who runs that whole thing. Um, But that had a shit ton of indie authors in it. And he was also in that. And I don't remember the name, but it will be in the show notes. Okay, pop off. <laughs> I am that bitch. I am that bitch. We okay. will manipulate it in any way we can to bring up Mr. King. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I challenged myself and I will meet my challenge, damn it. I challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven is, oops, I accidentally got decaf, which is the worst thing that you could ever imagine is getting I, decaf coffee. I believe we talked about this in our first episode in our little introduction where we talked about our favorite beverages. I said, mm-hmm. what is the point of drinking coffee if it's decaf? I think is what I said. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, decaf coffee is a no-go. No, thank you. Maybe I'll get to a point in my life where I'm old and, like, I have to drink decaf, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Kill me. But that is <laughs> – name a book that you are expecting more from. Uh, and for me, I chose The Little Stranger by Sarah Waters. Um, I have certain buzzwords that when I hear them, they are like, yes, okay, well, gothic is one of them, like gothic, haunted house, like ghost story. Those are all things where I'm like, yes, sign me up. I will give you my money. You know, Mm -hmm. you son of a bitch. I'm in. You know what I mean? Like that's that. Those are my words. This is a Sarah Waters is kind of known for, like, her gothic, like, historical, like, kind of horror, creepy, whatever. As someone who's not in that genre whatsoever, it's just, like, Mm -hmm. gothic just, like, isn't really my thing or historical. That's what I know her for is is that. So I would say that's definitely what she is known for. Yes. Um, And I read The Little Stranger and was very underwhelmed. Um, I was, it wasn't as creepy as, or, you know, I will say it had, it definitely had like gothic vibes. Like the Mm -hmm. setting itself was very gothic, but like I was bored through most of the narrative. So it was like, what the fuck is the point? You know, like that's kind of how I felt the whole time I was reading it. Um, and I have several of her other books, um, on my TBR that I will hopefully read eventually, but I'm also the type of person where if I read one book and it doesn't work, I at least give the author at least one more chance before Mm -hmm. I write them off. So I'm going to give her another chance. And the one that I know that I'm going to read is Tipping the Velvet because it's sapphic. Uh, I mean, you picked a good one. (laughs) Exactly. So if that one doesn't work, then I'm going to write her off forever because I have, um, the paying guests and something else. I can't remember what else, but um, but fun oh, fact. and then my Stephen King answer. Oh yeah, go oh, ahead. What's your fun fact? What's uh, your the, fun fact? The paying guest was one of the first arcs I ever received from a publisher. Oh, look at you! Fancy. I never read it. Okay, I was just say it was one of the first <laughs> unsolicited of many arcs that I used to get <laughs> from publishers I did not ask for. So, uh, <laughs> oh, we love an unsolicited arc. Yeah, we do. Um. But my Stephen King answer for name a book that you were expecting more from, um, the first thing that's coming to my brain is Elevation, which is a novella. I own that, actually. It wasn't great. That was one of those, I'm an old white man, and I'm, like, trying really hard to um, say I support gay people, but he didn't do a very good (laughs) job of it. Like, (laughs) it just, it felt very... And then it was also, like, super fat phobic, too. Great. We love that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was 
like again I'll give you a little bit of effort for trying like you can tell what he was trying to do and when I say I give you like a little bit of credit I mean like the bare fucking minimum but if you fail you okay? fail <laughs> exactly and I in my opinion like he he definitely failed like, I got it in my opinion for sure I got elevation at like a library book sale so that's the only reason mm-hmm. why I have it and I'm sure I will read it just because it is a novella because uh, yeah. I'm willing to give pretty much every novella a chance, but um, some I'm, people really enjoyed it. I think I just was expecting a little bit more. And then again, like the fat phobia was not it. And you know, as a fat person, I just I can't I can't get down with it. So, um, what you. book were you expecting more from? I have a whole author actually, which oh um, shit! I hate to drag. I hate to drag, and I know you. No, probably... the fuck you don't drag it. <laughs> oh, I don't hate it. to drag actually. Um, and I know you've probably read this author. Um, so back in the day, uh, my friend and I were driving to this place called Holiday World, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It is Never a. Never in my life. <laughs> it is this theme park, basically this amusement park that has like, um, like dry amusement park rides, and they also have a water park, um, and. Okay. It's, all holiday is it like christmas themed or something yeah so they have like different parts of the park that's like christmas themed thanksgiving themed halloween themed oh my god it's like the clearing in fucking that nightmare before christmas yes. where you go through a door oh my god yes. i live it's honestly incredible they have free sunscreen free un- unlimited sunscreen they have free unlimited soft drinks they have free parking where it's, is this at it is in santa claus indiana what the fuck <laughs> why is that <laughs> Hold the hold on. Hold I, on. I think this, this is, is a place be, that exists. I think this is gonna be our sorry we're booked uh meetup is <laughs> Oh my god. It's okay. Hold on. <laughs> well, it would help if I could spell the fucking word holiday. Live live reaction. Oh my god. It actually exists. Holiday world and splash and safari. Yep. Oh it's, my shit. It has a 4.6 on Google and it has 12,248 reviews. So it's a, and it's voted like the number one like amusement park in the country. So um, it was known as Santa Claus land prior to 1984. Wow. That shit's been there for a long ass time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, it opened in 1946. It celebrates Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and 4th of July. Yep exactly thanksgiving themed yeah they have a turkey you know, ride. all i can <laughs> are you serious yeah they do oh my god i want to go there wait i mean I really do. If you can stay at my place i'm i'm only a couple hours away we'll do a sorry oh we'll god. do a sorry we're sorry we're booked uh little meetup <laughs> oh my god that is so funny okay all right anyway anyways i'm so sorry i derailed that conversation oh, it's okay i I will tell the world about Holiday World. Let me know if you're listening, <laughs> if you've heard of Holiday World. It might just expose, dox myself or where I live, but um, <laughs> I don't live in Santa Listen, Claus, Listen, there's Indiana. a lot of, but there's a lot of different directions, like, to go. There is. There. So, anyways, continue. Coming back to the Holiday World, uh, my friend Anna, who I actually met through Bookstagram, her and I were going, and we started a book called Bad Mommy. This is by Taryn Fisher. Mm, I've heard of that. And we, so we were really enjoying it. And uh, we got to the, the park and uh, we were there for about two hours, which at the park, you can be there for eight hours, like easily. 
Um, and we were enjoying the book so much that we left the park early to listen to this audiobook to just like drive around for hours to listen to this audiobook. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so funny. And we paid like 50 bucks a piece to like just waste it basically. Um, that to be said, I gave Bad Mommy five stars. I really enjoyed Bad Mommy. But then I read everything else by her. Um, or, you know, mm-hmm. a few things. Uh, The Wrong Family, which I believe came out last year, was mm-hmm. absolute dookie. It was terrible. <laughs> um, That's unfortunate. Yeah. So basically anything by Taryn Fisher lately. She wrote, like, The Wives or something. Mm-hmm. I see that one oh, all the time. The Wives, girl. Oh, don't even. Don't, don't go even. close to it. It's so bad it's so bad that all of her premises are really really cool and so that's always mm-hmm. like why i'm excited to pick them it's up. just the execution sucks not it it's not it at all mm. so um for me it is uh taryn fisher as a whole which is unfortunate yeah so last but not least we're talking about the perfect blend which i don't know what we could say about this um, I don't, I'm not really picky about coffee blends at all. So the perfect blend, like what's just like your favorite coffee drink? Oh, my favorite coffee drink. Um, let me see. I do, you know what? I, I'm basic. I just love an ice vanilla latte with two shots of espresso. I, I mean, I, I'm not very adventurous when it comes to coffee. I kind of find one drink and I stick to it, especially because coffee can be so expensive. Um, yeah, I can say that. So that's usually what I go for, or a um, an ice dirty chai. What about you? Um, I actually already said one of my favorite go to drinks because I gave it to you as a recommendation. Yeah, it is a venti ice white mocha, non fat, no whip, with an extra shot of espresso and one pump of raspberry syrup. And then I also like the iced caramel macchiato with coconut milk. Okay. Coconut milk gives it like a whole other like flavor. And they actually used to do this drink and it was like a iced coconut milk mocha macchiato. And that shit was fucking fire. It was so good. And then they discontinued it. And I don't know like how to like do make it. I'm sure mm-hmm. that somebody out there could tell me. I've just like never done the research, but it was so fucking good. Okay. Uh, so that to say, uh, go ahead for me and uh, a name a book or series that was both bitter and sweet, but ultimately satisfying. Um, I thought about this and I decided to go with The Book of Lost Things by John Connolly. Okay. Which is, it's very dark at points. I love fairy tales. Um, I love dark fairy tales, fairy tale retellings. Like, I'm just a big fan of that in general. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I really loved about this book is, you know, it talks a lot about growing up and, like, the process of growing up and, you know, some of the things that we love about being children, but also some of, like, the hard truths of being an adult. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's equal parts super dark but it's also equal parts uplifting, I feel like. And the writing, it was so magical. It's hands down one of my favorite books of all time. Like, I think originally whenever I read it, I gave it like four stars. And then the longer I sat on it, the more I was like, oh, my God, I love that book so much. I actually want to reread it at some point soon. Okay. But I just, I love it so much. It was so good. What about you? I went for a whole series. Um, this one's quite a throwback, which I did talk about. Uh, briefly earlier in, in this episode earlier in this tag it's the vampire academy series mm-hmm. this is by um, rochelle mead which i don't 
think you've read these books because it's definitely not your thing. Nope. Um, nope. <laughs> uh, I just, I love the series so much. You know, it's, I mean, it's nothing like spectacularly written or anything, but it's, I believe, six books long. And they also have the, um, the spinoff series, which is also six books long. Um, but yeah. they all like, they make use of like how long they are. I mean, the books are pretty long as well. And um, I mean, and, but they're all needed. They all add to the world. Um, and there are some books that are so depressing and they're so like heartbreaking for these characters because I grew really attached to these characters. Um, but then it like all becomes worth it. Um, and she just like is such a master at like vampires. Like I think it's probably the best vampire interpretation I've ever read, at least. Um, it's mm-hmm. really well done. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'll ever read those. That's okay. <laughs> but like, I mean, I know that they get a lot of love from a lot of different people. So like, I get it. Just hope I'll never have to do a revenge punishment for you <laughs> to pick a book. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, please. God, no. You're too good at that. You're oh. too good at that, my friend. Mm. It's so, oh my God. Mm. Maybe I, I might not ever make you read a book you don't want to because that would put you into a slump, I'm sure. Um, oh yeah but, or I'll like hate read it and just like rant about it and that's one of the fine. last books it, listen one of the last books that I did that to was The Circle by Dave Eggers it was that movie mm-hmm. um, or it was the book that the movie was based off of it had like uh, what's her name Emma, Emma, Emma Watson. Watson yeah and uh, yeah. Tom Hanks yeah oh my god I fucking hated that book so much <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate read as needed sometimes and I was like, why the fuck am I reading this? Like, I don't know why. I I am a completionist. I mm-hmm. have to finish a book. I have to. But, man, I fucking hate read the fuck out of that book. And then I ranted about it to anybody that would listen. It was terrible. I'm Everything op- about it was terrible. I'm the opposite. I will stop a book so easily. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a completionist. I have to finish things. That's why you never hear me say I DNF'd anything. Yeah. If I DNF it, it's because, like, I truly hated it. But then I'll, like, say that I'm, like, I'm – I'll set something to the side to say that I'm coming back to it later. Like, I did that to Shadow of the Wind, and I I will eventually read that book one day. I just don't know when. Just not now. Yeah, exactly. Just not now. All right. So that was it for the coffee book tag. I had lots of fun with that one. I don't know about you, uh, but it was just – I did, for sure. I think we've had a few like just very in-depth episodes lately. So it's just nice to to kick back and just talk about some books for a while in a very easy, fun way. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a wrap for this episode. Uh, I You can find me online on Instagram at Dylan is Reading. And you can find me both on Twitter and Instagram at Leanne's Lit. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Sorry We're Booked Pod. Um, Please make sure that you subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Give us five stars. Whatever. Yes, give us a five-star review. It actually really does help us on our visibility and finding new listeners. Yes, and make sure to join us um, here in a couple weeks. We're going to be talking about our favorite book tropes. So I'm very excited about that. I don't know about you, Sam, but I have a lot of tropes that I love and it's going to be very interesting to see which ones we might be on the same page of. Uh, also all books discussed can be found in our show notes on our website at sorry, we're booked pod.podbean.com. Um, each one will be linked to a bookshop.org uh, affiliate link. So you can support the podcast and indie bookstores at the same time. All right. Thank you guys for listening and we'll, we'll see you next time. 
Yes, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.